0: internet peeps, welcome to another edition of Big Trouble Little Podcast, episode 150. I am Joe Dubs. Call me Snake.
1: I'll kill you later. <laughs>
2: I'm tired. I'm Andy. I'm
1: Zach. You stole my line, I was gonna say that.
2: <laughs> I could tell you had a look on your face, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna do it. <laughs>
1: well,
0: Zach, you should've, you should've audible and said, do you have a smoke?
1: Oh yeah, got a smoke?
0: Got a smoke? Dude, that. <laughs> We'll get into that. That guy is my favorite character throughout that whole... you
2: get a name like Napoleon? Yeah. (laughs) I'll tell you later. (laughs) Uh,
0: So, uh, we are still doing our Director Spotlight uh, uh, episodes, and Zax is uh, John Carpenter, um, and we are going to be talking about Assault on Precinct 13th and Escape from New York, but before we get into that, guys, what the hell you been watching, playing, or doing... Uh, I'll go real quick. MLB, uh, the show 21. I actually just played one before we got on, and I got my ass whooped. Uh, I also played my uh, custom league game on SodomBall.com. Then um, I won two, and I lost three. So I'm still number one in my division as a Tampa Bay Rays. And hopefully I make the playoffs. Uh, but I have a feeling the remaining 10 games I'm playing against good people. Uh, nothing against my other competitors, but I, I feel like I'm going to fucking lose a lot.
2: Nothing against those scrubs that I crush.
0: <laughs> but I feel like I'm going to you know, go on a, on a bad losing streak. But maybe I need to just practice before that happens. Um, so what else did I do? Um, I actually started playing Metal Gear Acid um on my psp
2: jump the gun it's not metal gear time
0: i know but i wanted to like practice before i like play because that game is actually hard to play um especially when you get to the harder levels and uh you got cameras and shit and like people doing weird fucking uh movements uh when they're you know surveilling the area so i didn't have the, the right cards and i lost uh this third level But that's all I've been playing. Andy, what about you? What have you been playing, watching, or doing?
2: I played. uh, Finally, I got to play a fair good amount of Last of Us. I've I've now fallen for it. Like before, I was kind of like, "Yeah, I get it. This is kind of fun, whatever." But now I'm I'm really enjoying it. Both characters have grown on me immensely, and I'm having a lot of fun scrounging for stuff and being being Mr. Stealthy Pants, and it's been a lot of fun. Uh, the copy of Tokimeki Memorial Puzzle Tyson Dama I ordered came in. So I played that for a few hours, and got my ass whipped at it. That game was hard. I, it even is played it, I even played it on easy and I was still like getting to like the third or fourth level, maybe um, I, I watched.
0: Huh? I actually uh, on The Last of Us. I can't wait because when you play Last of Us one, you have the survivors and then you have the, the creatures, the infected. I can't wait until you play the second one because that game uh, pisses me off as far as like with the creatures and you know the variety of what happens. So, who, who uh, the infected, did you get the ones that, uh, the clickers, I think, where the, all all they do is like they hear your movements are kind of like bats and stuff?
2: Yeah, I mean, you encounter them like right off the bat.
0: Right. Yeah, 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 you do, but they they get a little annoying down the road, <laughs> especially in the second game when you when you do play.
2: Uh, that'll be. I'm I'm not gonna play the second game right away. That'll be a long long time away. I think. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I also watched Scarface. It was on Netflix. I had to watch something, and I watched Escape from L.A. As soon as we finished, or as soon as I finished Escape from New York, I just watched it just because it was there.
0: <laughs> Is it on HBO Max as well? It's not. Oh, so I gotta, you know, somehow get it. Um I yeah, I actually told Zach when you were making your drinks before, um, that uh I wanna watch Escape from LA after watching Escape from New York because Kurt Russell's good and uh the music is good.
2: Yeah, well I mean the soundtrack to Escape from LA kicks ass, but it's not it's not a a, it's not Carpenter's soundtrack. They actually like licensed like Rage Against the Machine and, and, and stuff like that for it. So it's, it's still a kick-ass soundtrack, but it's it's not the
0: same. Hmm. Zach, or is there anything else you've uh, done? That's pretty much it.
1: Two movies, two games. Zach, what about you? Um, Still been playing uh, Soul Calibur. Um, I've also still been sporadically playing <clears throat> Resident Evil 8 again uh what else have I been playing I played my copy of Tokimeki Memorial Puzzle Dyson Disinsetsu Rudes and uh, <laughs> Shoot, <got> Shinigami <laughs> Shinigami and I got my ass kicked too and I play I tried to play Tokimeki Memorial but I can't even get past the first menu because I don't have any idea what the fuck it's saying to me <laughs> so you I were need my, warned. I need my translator with me <clears throat> um Try, uh have you
2: tried uh you can download like google translate or whatever and you can use the camera and you hold it up and it like translates the words right in front of you have you given that a shot no i haven't tried that yet maybe i will it usually works works for shit but every once in a while it's good enough to get you through a menu because it'll at least translate like load game save game new game you know stuff like that
1: yeah i hear you um what else have i watched uh i watched uh wwe icons episode about rvd that was pretty cool I, they really glossed over his time in TNA wrestling, but hey, it seems like that's a par for the course these days. Anytime somebody does a documentary,
0: I sort of I saw a weird like because uh, like WWE does this thing. Like when events happen, they always have like a camera on like in the background so that they could do their WWE network shit. Um, right. And uh, there was a part where Robin Dan was high out of his mind and he was talking to Vince McMahon He's like, yeah, I really appreciate it, man. It's near and dear to my heart. And Vince is like, yeah, okay, let's take a picture. And he, like, he Vince, just goes away. He hugs him, hugs the, his hot wife, and he just fucking goes away. And like Rob Van Dam is like showing his picture of his ring and everything. I so-
1: fucking love it when he catches it backstage. He's like, I got a present for you, brother. And he's like, what? He's like rolling papers, and he shows him fucking rolling papers. <laughs> And then Vince just starts laughing. Yeah, like yeah, he probably smokes weed every now and then.
0: Yeah, so, uh, I mean, we'll talk about this more. and Not getting some color, but like, I really adore. Like, I hate Vince McMahon running the company, but I I adore him when he, uh, you know, goes back in the past and you know cherishes stuff and other wrestlers. He's
1: he's, str- he's a strange character for sure. It's, there's there's many sides to his personality. It seems like, but I I, I like the part of it where it seems like. He's friends with everybody backstage. I don't know. It's just kind of fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, uh, what what else have I watched? Um, I haven't watched. I've been kind of playing with the idea of trying to watch some anime again. I've got that bug. And I think part of it is because uh, did, did you guys ever talk about this? Like the uh, earlier in the month that the creator of Berserk died.
2: We didn't mention it, but yeah, that did happen.
1: Kentaro uh, Muria, is that how you would say his name? His, his last name's kind of odd. It doesn't look very Japanese. But yeah, he died uh, in the beginning of the month, and I, I wasn't really aware of it until, like, last week or something. Uh, and I, he had something happen to him, like uh, some some kind of heart problem, like an artery issue. Uh, But basically, Berserk will remain unfinished, it seems like, because he drew and wrote it the entire time himself. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like he had multiple writers or artists or whatever the hell. Since 1989. Um, And it kind of made me think, like, because now I see the big, there's like these huge volumes of Berserk that look like Bibles. They were on sale on
2: Amazon, too.
1: They're collected and they're not that much. I think they're priced really well. They're, they're like 50 bucks a pop. They were on sale for 30 bucks a pop.
2: Oh, well, damn. The first, yeah. the first three volumes. I don't know if they still are. I, I almost bought them and I was like, no. I let, let, Last year, I bought all of Akira in a box set. That was like 130 bucks and I was like that's enough manga for now. I can't I can't do this
1: anymore. You got to fi- you got to finish reading Akira first.
2: I read it all before. I just wanted to own it. I checked it out of the the county library when I was living in Huntington. <laughs>
1: they
2: have every volume. Yeah,
0: but, I, uh, go ahead. I I actually want to get into I I have an anime bug too and my friends are trying to Well, my friends are getting me into uh Gunpla's. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying gun. Uh, gun Gunpla. Gunpla. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I want to watch Gundam. Uh, there's. They said something oh. about uh, Gundam, like something like Vietnam War type of stuff. Oh, 8-to-mast-team. Yeah. Yeah, 8-to-mast-team. yeah. They they told me that I would like that, and I was like, yeah, I, I got to get into it.
1: Oh man, we can make a thing out of watching Gundam if
2: you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that either that's the best place to start, or Unicorn probably
1: now is. Mm -hmm. yeah um but yeah i'm thinking about getting into berserk i have a berserk game for dreamcast Uh, there have been a few but i'm thinking about picking it up soon and playing it just to get some of that out of me there's that one on ps4 as well yeah that new one uh but uh that's that's kind of been it for me so far
0: all right well zach take it away um, it's your director. Why did you choose John Carpenter and whatever first movie we're gonna get into? Yeah, why'd you choose this fucking hack?
1: He's not a hack. <laughs> he's he's appreciated by a lot of people. Except for the studio system, it seems like. Yes, they hate him <laughs> in
2: his movies.
1: <laughs> it's hilarious because at first he gained this reputation for being a guy who could like make movies really cheap, but they're not made poorly, and turn a big profit. Mm-hmm. Cause like I don't know what Dark Star made, uh, and oddly enough, I still haven't seen Dark Star yet. It's fine. Eh. We'll see. I hate
2: to say that because I fucking love like Assault on Precinct Thirteen all the way up to the end of the '80s, but Dark Star is like, I don't know. It tries to be funny and it fails, and like the sci-fi bits are interesting, but not interesting enough to carry the whole movie. Uh, Criterion. Channel had it on there last year. That's where I watched it.
1: Oh, wow. Um, But I I haven't seen Dark Star yet, and uh, there's a couple other holes in his filmography that I haven't filled just yet. Uh, But a lot of the movies I saw, like I think the first John Carpenter movie I probably saw was Halloween. That's probably how it is for a lot of people. And I didn't realize it at the time. that, that That was his movie.
0: Actually, I watched They Live Before Halloween.
1: Huh, <laughs> I just assume most people see Halloween or The Thing first. I,
0: I think it was The Thing for me, but I really can't remember. Well, my uh, my dad likes to watch a lot of, like, I, and I won't call, like, They Live the B-rated movie, but it's definitely a cult classic, and Roddy Piper's not, like, the best actor ever. Um, but my dad's like, hey, that's Roddy Piper. And I'm like, yeah, let's watch it. It's a Roddy Piper movie. Fuck and, yeah. And, and, and we watch it, and that was the first John Carpenter film
1: um it's funny you say that because it's not a b movie but i would call john carpenter movies b plus movies Mm. because they're like they have them it feels and everything looks like lower budget but it doesn't look bad it doesn't look like cheap you know everything's well made
0: it looks like an art style yeah
1: Yeah. it it becomes like an aesthetic when he does it
2: I was thinking about this a lot because, like I said, I watched Escape from LA right after Escape from New York, and I was watching Assault on Precinct 13 today. And I feel like the bigger the budget for him, the less him the movie feels. Like, I know it's a little unfair, but like, you know, I, I like In the Mouth of Madness, but a lot of other people don't. And it's like, it kind of feels like after that, his movies had like a bigger budget, you know, vampires and ghosts to Mars and stuff. And yeah. they just seemed less carpentry.
1: They kinda, I, I kind of get what you're saying. Cause I sort of feel the same way a little bit mm-hmm. when the budget gets too high. It, the part of the aesthetic, the look goes away.
2: Yeah. Like escape from LA just, it looks, it, it somehow looks terrible like a sci-fi movie, but at the same time it doesn't look bad. And like, like there are, there's some stuff in escape from New York. That's like a little, Oh, that's a set, you know, kind of situation. But it yeah. still, it doesn't, it doesn't break the immersion because it, it's so cohesive with the rest of the movie.
1: Uh huh. But um, I started with Halloween, and I think when I really figured out oh who this guy is was like the thing and Escape from New York, and I was like, God, man, these movies are awesome. I, I they speak to me in some kind of way because they're so tight and it's like they know exactly what they're doing what they're trying, the, the feeling they're they're trying to put across the story. Um and I dug more and more further into his filmography. I'm like, I don't know, all these movies just hit all the boxes for me usually.
0: Well uh one of the one of the reasons I like him is because he toes the line of like being a tinfoil hat. Uh especially yeah. Especially when he's like, you know, doing Escape from New York when the crime goes up, just make New York a whole fucking prison uh, or, you know, uh, you know, what they lived with all the alien or or as Alec Jones says, like the lizard people or pretty much, you know, the others and all that stuff. Like he he does that really well, like he'll 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 do this conspiracy, but he'll make a good story out of it. And that's what I like about him
1: sort of sometimes it's actually just inspired by something real simple. Like he came up with the whole idea for escape from New York, just based out of the results of the Watergate scandal. Uh, they live according to him is about the dangers of unrestrained capitalism. <laughs> you know, that's what he says, <laughs> but, um, yeah. Uh, I guess we'll start with uh, Salt Precinct 13, though. Uh, I picked this one. Uh, I picked these two movies, this Escape from New York, because I thought, like, oh, these are the ones that really kind of made him. Besides Halloween, Halloween really, I think, made him more than anything. He made that movie with, like, $300,000 and turned a profit of $60 million or something. <laughs> it's, like, crazy. Uh, but, like, Salt Precinct 13 was, like, his first real film. That, that he did because he did Dark Star in collaboration with this other guy or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't have his name in front of me, but like, it's funny uh, because.
2: It's, huh? it's like O'Bannon or something like that. Yeah,
1: some, something O'Bannon. And it's funny because when he put out Assault on Pre pre-sheet 13, O'Bannon saw, I guess they had like a falling O'Bannon, out.
2: Uh, uh, Dan O'Bannon, he, uh, he fucking wrote Aliens, for Christ's sake wow that, that's that too i was like
1: it's someone famous okay i'm sorry to interrupt keep going that's no that's fine because uh, this kind of fills in the blanks but um Dave O'Ban, Dan danoban saw it at like Cannes film festival or something and he hated it and apparently at some point they had a fallout and he said some shit like well this movie just exemplifies how john carpenter views people if he could make a movie without people he would Because there's so much violence and shit in the movie and shit. Like, he has such little regard for human life. I'm like, what the fuck did he do to you, man? (laughs) He seems like a pretty all right guy in every interview I've ever seen of him. (laughs) But uh, this movie was made on a budget of like $100,000. And it mostly takes place in like a police police station. (laughs) There's some street scenes and stuff. Um, I didn't really check to see where it was shot but uh,
0: I'll check that it, out. Keep on talking.
1: Yeah. It's like, um, it starts off with like some guys going down like some kind of alley or something. And there's some cops on the roofs and they're, they're carrying guns. they are sneaking around and shit down there. And they, they get shot up in like a crossfire deal and they're all dead. And then it shows some gang members like doing like a blood oath or something. <laughs> Like cotton, a, cotton, a very
2: so. multinational multi-ethnic gang
1: it says so in the credits there's the the white lord the black lord the uh i guess there's like a, an indian lord and then there's like a chicano warlord they say something.
2: chicano and oriental in oriental the, okay in the credits i did watch but It's white warlord black warlord Oriental warlord, Chicano warlord. Oh,
1: I got I got that mixed up with uh, Escape from New York, where they're on the roof and Harry Dean dance like the damn Redskins, they're savages. Yeah, he's like freaking out.
0: <laughs> so most of it was filmed in California. Uh, they did patchwork locations in Los Angeles. Uh, they did some stuff in studios, obviously, and then um, somewhere in Melrose Avenue and, and in Hollywood as well.
1: Okay. Um. After that. It's just some fill-in radio stuff telling us, like, what's going on, how there's, like, gang violence and stuff. And then it takes us to, uh, oh, what's his name? Lieutenant Ethan Bishop. Yeah. And he's going to have his, I guess, his first real day on the job as a lieutenant anyway. And they assign him to this precinct 13 downtown, and it's, like, they're transitioning to another one. They're moving everything out, so there's just, like, this real bare staff. There's like a, a desk sergeant and two secretaries. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all like the there's a captain on the radio as he's driving there, and he's like, he's like, oh, this is your assignment. And he's like, that's it, basically. And he's just like, can't be a hero every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of funny though, because it's like when he goes there and he meets everybody and he meets the captain, and he's like getting finished packing up his desk, essentially. <laughs> he's like telling him like oh this this day's getting crazy it's not even eight o'clock yet and he's like loading a shotgun as he's telling him this
0: <laughs> yeah
1: i'm like what's that supposed to be <laughs> he's like good luck pal he's like loading up a shotgun and he just walks out
0: well it, it, it's funny because you know you say that because he's loading a shotgun but like the first scene in the movie it's like these gangsters going through like an, uh, an alley or a tunnel or something and then like <laughs> And then the, the all you hear is "police, don't move!" but then shotguns just fucking blasting on them from the from yeah, the top. Them down. Yeah,
2: I liked that immediately after that. The news is like there was a shootout and blah blah blah. It's like well, that wasn't much of a shootout.
1: <laughs> that was a massacre, really. Um, but uh, outside of that, there's some stuff going on in the streets. the The war the four warlords are driving around looking for people to kill.
2: Yeah, can someone, like, is it just, are they just wanting to kill random people because their gang was killed? Is that what's going on? I've always wondered, like, he's, he's like, pointing the rifle at random people on the street, and you're seeing it through crosshairs, and then they decide, yeah, we're going to kill this ice cream guy. And they stalk him for, like, a long time. They just drive back and forth a bunch of times.
0: Why? I I always think, like, when uh, with that scene, um, because I watch it a couple of times, and I'm like, well, their gang—they really don't care, right? But like, I thought there was like some feelings behind that because he looked at an old lady, like who's gonna shoot an old lady? And then you see this, you know, uh, black guy eating a sandwich on the like the the sidewalk, and you're like, ah, oh, he's a working man. I'm not gonna shoot a working man and stuff. But then that, so bad about Bruce.
2: murdering a child. Uh,
0: I mean, yeah, I will. I I am surprised by that scene because I'm like, all right, he's gonna kill the ice cream man because ice cream man is fucking shifty as fuck. Uh, and then all of a sudden the kid just gets shot and I'm just like, whoa, I still
1: can't believe that. Like the first time I saw this movie, I was like, there's no way
2: you can't kill a child. (laughs) Yeah,
1: they did. That shocked the hell out of me too. I was like, holy shit. But, uh, I think the whole, uh, idea behind that was they were looking for the perfect mark to kill that would like just incite people and scare them or make them angry or something. Uh, they're like, old lady, nah, some bum drinking booze on the side of the road, nah. Ice cream dude, well, maybe if we stalk the ice cream dude, we could eventually shoot a kid. <laughs> you know? Because as they kind of established later on, like, this, well, that's skipping ahead, but like, they, they shoot this little girl who wants some ice cream from the, the ice cream man. And then they shoot him, too. And his, her father, who was like on the payphone on the corner or something, he didn't hear it because by the way they had silencers. Every all their guns have silencers. Yeah, have silencers, yeah. Oh, sure. oh, that works. <laughs> I know.
2: That, that's the one thing about this movie that the whole time I'm like, oh, God, this pisses me off. <laughs> I know,
1: it's Hollywood shit. They don't understand guns. But, <laughs> um, he he sees like she's laying on the ground and he runs over there and sees it. She's dead. he starts freaking out. The ice cream man's still barely alive. And he's like, there's a gun under the dash. (sighs) He grabs that fucking gun and starts going after the gang
0: members. I think what really pisses me off about that scene is because, like, the, I mean, a normal person. And I understand he wants revenge because he sees the vehicle going away. But the normal person would be like, I got to call the cops. Like, I just can't leave my daughter here. You're going to get away. It's now or never. You got to get him. Yeah. I knew she was dead. But he chased them throughout. That was during the daytime, right? Yeah. It and It was like, I
1: mean, it looked evening. It looked like it might have been five or six.
0: But he chased. I think
1: them. it was six. Because they were telling us the time every yeah. time they'd switch a scene. Yeah, but, yeah. From what
2: I remember, this movie like ends before midnight, which is still weird to me. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of strange.
1: You figure it end at dawn. Yeah. That's how this shit always goes.
0: Well, they um, well they bring up the point where, uh, I mean, I know I'm jumping ahead, but you'll get to it, Zach, uh, yeah. with a part where like the shootout happens the first time, and they're just like, "That's only thirty minutes? The fuck?" <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, he chases the gang members like with his car, and they just stop at a abandoned lot somewhere. And he has like a shootout with him. He just has a revolver. They all have like fucking rifles and like semi-automatics with like they fucking run away. They, <laughs> they run away. An
2: old man with a revolver. I gotta get out of here.
1: And he shoots really awkwardly. He's like this. He's like shooting like this. <laughs> uh, but um, he gets he gets the white guy and he, he's dead, and that pisses them off. He tries like I, he tries to call the police after that. Dubs. <laughs> he does. <laughs> and
2: then,
1: he sees him, that one guy coming after him with an ass- with with an assault weapon, an assault rifle, and he runs. And he and luckily he's next to a precinct thirteen, and he just runs in there.
0: Yeah, that that's what I find ironic. I mean, I know it's a movie, but I find it like the irony of just him being like, "I'm gonna run down the street. Oh look, a precinct. <laughs> Let me run to the precinct." And then he's just silent throughout the whole rest of the movie because he's all in like shock after his daughter just died. Uh, and like <laughs> these fucking gang members that just came out of the darkness, which I yeah. which I want to say like that I, I give John Carpenter to that because I was like, wait a second, are these like blood uh, sharing people? Like, are they like zombies or vampires? Like, yeah, they're pretty scary because yeah. they like they're so quiet.
1: They're I was gonna scary. say that scene where he's in the payphone booth. And then like that, just that one guy walking out of the darkness with the rifle at him—that's fucking scary. It's just like, oh shit, and they be scared. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, he gets in there, and that's when all the shit starts to hit the fan. But besides that, though, I, I almost forgot. There's, uh, they're doing a prisoner transfer. They're, I guess they're taking him to like the max security facility somewhere else in California. And, six
2: hours away, whatever it is.
1: Yeah, it's it's like, I thought that bus, yeah, he said it was six hours away. You're right. But um, it's got, um, oh, let's see, what's the dude's name? Napoleon. Napoleon Wilson, who seems to be like the most notorious out of the three prisoners, which is uh, Wells, who's a guy who seems to complain a lot. And then. um, Sick guy.
0: Sick, sick man. By the way, Wells is Apollo's trainer in Rocky. Really? really yeah oh, cool yeah <laughs> um
1: but yeah the, uh, Cordell is the sick guy by the way
0: so every time he yells i always think of him when in rocky 4 when he's telling stallone or rocky throw with the towel when like <laughs> apollo's getting killed and shit
1: <laughs> i thought he looked familiar to me and i just i just i couldn't place it um uh, but yeah, they're getting transferred and stuff, and uh Claudel, the sick guy, keeps coughing and he's like sweating and crap. And then finally the guy that's with him is like, I thought you said it was just like a cold or something. He's like, No, oh, he's been sick for a while. And then he decides, like, oh, we gotta stop somewhere and call a hospital or something in case this dude's contagious. Yeah. And what's the nearest place to stop? You see thirteen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just so happens.
0: And the guy that like transport him he's such a dick even to like the lieutenant <laughs> he's like oh great <laughs> fuck off
1: <laughs> yeah was, they all go in there and then he they lock him up in their holding tanks and they're trying to call uh the hospital but at that point in time i think the gang cuts the phone lines or something because mm-hmm. uh, there's like the phone's dead well they're not supposed to cut the phones off till later tonight uh, um then the power cuts off, and then that, that that guy gets mad. That captain, that lieutenant, whatever. He's like, "What kind of place are you running here, Bishop?" He's like blaming it all on him. Yeah, <laughs> it's like what the
0: hell. Well that uh, that that's when uh, the the father comes in, and I always love about John Carpenter movies because like <laughs> they'll ha- always have that one character be like, "There's nothing out there. Are you crazy?" And then he goes down and he dies. Yeah, that, that starts like there's nobody out here. He <laughs> falls
1: over, and then like the one of the secretaries is like, he just fell down, and she's like laughing at him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's hilarious! What a loser! The bishop goes out there and he almost gets his ass killed. because comes is like he had fall down. He was shot. <laughs>
0: yeah, w- which I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit, but then it's like he's the start of the movie. You can't just fucking kill him in the beginning. Because, like, he, he's, like, literally on top of the steps in the light and stuff, and they just, like, miss him. <laughs>
1: at least they made it look close. It was, like, at every spot he was in, mm-hmm. there was a bullet hole just a couple inches away from him. Yeah. So it was, like, maybe that dude just su- sucked just enough that he yeah. was able to get away. Someone swarped him in the back of the head. You fucking missed
2: him, man. <laughs> yeah.
1: And that, yeah, at that point, all hell started to break loose, and... Uh, F- Captain What's-His-Face is getting ready to leave and take all the prisoners away because he's like, fuck, F this. this. This is a shit show. <laughs> they go back out to the bus. And they all get fucking shot. Mm-hmm. Except for, like, Wells and uh, Napoleon. And they, they just barely get away because Bishop's back there and he sees they're all getting shot. He fucking sort of unshackles them and gets them back inside.
0: And back into the holding cells while handcuffed. Yeah.
1: And this is where like the movie gets starts getting really good, is like everybody's trapped in the station. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, What the fuck's going on? Why are we getting shot at? I don't know. Everybody's arguing with each other.
0: Well, I I, um, I like the part where the lieutenant like takes this big locker and shit. And like <laughs> the secretary's, like, Ugh, I can't open up the lock. And he's like, and then he tries like, I can't damn it. Where is
1: the <laughs> Well it just gets me that he told he told the secretary, open this lock? And she has like no tools. Mm-hmm. Just her, her dainty little hands to try to pull this padlock off. And she's like, "You're gonna have to do something with this. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I don't know why." He just didn't take his fuck the butt of his gun and just bash the damn thing open.
2: <laughs> that's that's what I was expecting,
1: but wham! Napoleon would have done it, but he was stuck back there because he always has good ideas. Yes, it seems like to me
0: he's he out of the whole movie he had, he's the most charismatic uh, of the bunch. Uh, collected
1: cool and collected
0: cool and collected and the most interesting character uh throughout the movie because you (laughs) like they they plant this stuff like how did you get the name napoleon how did you end up here why did you kill those people and he's like before you die i'll tell you
1: he's before i die i'll tell you yeah
0: yeah
2: i i i I plan to be there or i hope i'm there when you die or whatever because he's
1: going to death row Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. He, he never tells anybody anything, he just always gives vague answers, and then he's always at wanting to smoke. Mm-hmm. Gotta smoke? He's like, nope. And he's like, no, they, they don't give a definite answer. He's like, give me a definite answer. Nope. And then finally he asks Bishop, you gotta smoke? And then Bishop gives a definite answer, and he's like, no, I don't. And he's like, huh, I kind of vaguely respect you a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's because he gave him a definite answer.
0: Well, I I like the uh, asshole on the bus where he's like I, I you know I don't smoke and he's like well, that's a definite answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um,
1: there's yeah there's some little bits of humor in this movie. It's like they're not trying for jokey shit. It's just stuff that's like ah, that was that was kind of clever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but there the first wave comes, and uh. They're starting to like overwhelm them, and then he gets uh oh, the first what's secretary? Uh, da, 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 da,
0: Ye- uh I, yellow what? shirt, Lee.
1: Yeah, Lee. No, the other one that the, the one that's the yellow shirt is Julie.
0: Yeah, she she gets smoked.
1: Nancy Loomis, who was, I think, the, the first babysitter that gets killed in Halloween, too. Actually, because <laughs> 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 I was like, Oh, I know her, she's like Laurie's friend who's like a total airhead bitch. And she gets murdered <laughs> like quick, but uh, like, yeah, she goes back there and gets them out just barely in the neck of time. Cause they're, they're starting to come in there and Napoleon helps her kill, kill one of them. Mm-hmm. And then finally they, they, he gets a shotgun. Wells picks up like a revolver or something. And uh, they managed to bust open that box and uh, Bishop gets a, a rifle and they just start warding them off. And yeah. that part was cool.
0: Yeah. I mean, what do you think about the shotgun rounds that he was blasting? <laughs> he went through a fuck ton of shotgun rounds. Yeah. Cause I, I counted and there was at least maybe, I want to say 35 that he just he went, bop, bop, bop. And then he went he to the, like, a... yeah. It was, it was like some Western
1: shit, which is funny because this movie's inspired by a Western.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's
1: like, what was it? Rio Bravo, I think it was. Yes. Yeah. Every like,
0: has this
2: plot. They, they hold someone in, and they want to come in after the guy.
1: That part specifically made me think of a Western, like where there, there's just that big shootout, the way everybody's shooting and stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. It, um, it reminds me of the Alamo as well, because they're just stuck in this one place. Uh, uh, I do respect the, the badass secretary. She gets shot in the arm, and she's like, Ow, and then she, like, kicks the guy in the nuts, and that's when they, like, kill that one guy. Yeah, and she still, like, she, like, loads a revolver with her off hand, and then, like, flips it closed and
2: stuff. Man, it's pretty fucking cool.
0: Mm -hmm. You know,
2: despite this movie's terrible portrayal of silencers, uh, I did still, like, learn something about guns. Like, because you're talking about he's he's firing that shotgun so fast. I, I never knew what slam fire was until the first time I saw this movie, and I had to look it up.
1: Oh, that's what he was doing, huh?
2: Yeah, it's it's something you can do. It, he's using a Winchester uh, 1897. It's like a really old-style shotgun, and the way it's manufactured, if you hold the trigger down and move the slide really fast, you can just go like, blah, 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 like real quick, and that's what he's doing.
1: Damn.
2: It makes me want to try it, but I don't I don't have a gun that does that. <laughs>
1: I'd be kind of scared, to. I feel like that recoil would be kind of crazy. Well, it didn't scare Napoleon. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh... But um, they, they managed to fend off that first wave and kind of recover for a minute <laughs> and well, try to figure out what to do next. Cause they see Julie died in that shootout. Well,
0: what what freaks me out after that? <coughs> excuse me. Um, what um, where I go is this like vampire or like they supernatural? Because they look out the window and all the bodies are gone. I'm like, that's kind of. Unless they have a lot of people, that's like not realistic for that to happen. It's not the bodies I'd be worried about. The thing that always
2: bothers me, and sure, whatever, especially disbelief for the sake of the movie. There'd be a ton of brass lying around, and it would all be shiny, and that—that's what you'd have to worry about. unless they've all got magnets or something.
1: <laughs> I mean, Napoleon's like it'll look like nothing happened. And bishops like, what do you mean? He's like getting mad. He's like well, are there any bodies out there? And he looks, and There's, yeah, there's no bodies. He's like, they moved the bodies. He's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it looked like nothing ever happened. So maybe they did pick up their brass.
0: Yeah, maybe. And Some, they I had don't a- think
1: all of them had guns either, though, because a lot of the well, ones that were coming in, yeah. they had, like, fucking clubs or knives or bullshit, you know?
2: I guess you could rig, like, a brass catch. It's just like a bag, and it just catches your brass. You don't see him using it, but I guess... If you're desperate for an explanation.
1: I think before that siege starts though, it shows like two of the warlords go up to the front of the precinct and one of them throws like a jar of blood down on the ground yeah. and just shatters. Then the other one takes like a weird
0: cholo. flag
1: and a flag what do they there. call he says it's a cholo? Yeah, well, yeah a, he's like it's yeah. a Wells is like it's a Cholo And the Bishop's like, What? A cholo. He's like, what? What does that mean? Is that a and
2: snack? Like, what are they talking
0: about? <laughs> no, it actually said Cholo on the the, the sheet, by the way, uh, because I actually went back and I was like, what? Because something's written on there, and I'm like, what's written on there? And Cholo, and that's why we got the backstory from Wells. Be like, yeah, I, I was in prison with that uh some crazy motherfucker, and he like yeah, told he like just-
1: a member of that gang.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> it is like he says it doesn't. It means they don't care. They're gonna just come at us until we die.
0: So. That's a question I want to bring up to you, Zach. So like their motive is that because of that guy who killed one of their gang members, they just want him.
1: Yeah, he killed one of the warlords, one of the one of the gang leaders. Oh. Yeah. So I mean, they're already out for blood anyway, but then that guy died, he, he killed one of their leaders and ran to a police station. They fucking hate the police anyway, so fuck it, I guess. <laughs> you know?
0: And, and the way the, the the father shot him by the way because like he shoots him and this is when my brain is like well are they supernatural because he stands there for a good couple of, of seconds and I'm like did he just did he miss or did he get shot and he's like a zombie or a vampire
1: no it was just a 38 you know 38s have like a delayed reaction when you get shot by him you, you don't think you got shot and then you're like oh, wait up oh.
0: and then, he and falls. then you fall over yeah <laughs> And then he he runs away.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So they're trying to figure out what to do, how to get out of here. They can't go out back because there's like a fence and it just leads you back out front where they'll all get shot. And um, somebody has like an idea. I think it's like, oh, you can sneak through the sewer down underneath.
0: Well, well, you're you're missing a part where because like, the uh, the lieutenant's like, oh, you know, somebody must have heard it, right? And like, and he goes like, oh, the, the house is behind there, and they're like, they're condemned, except like maybe one person down the road. And they're like, well, they might have heard like the glass, right? <laughs> nope. Nope. because it shows like cops
1: driving around, be like, oh, there's like reports of like gunfire, but nobody's really sure where it came from.
2: The the dispatcher says firecrackers or gunfire, like they aren't even sure.
1: Yeah. But- And they're just driving around trying to find something and they can't. So, like,
0: Well, they mention, like, there's a war zone going on, but we can't fucking find a war zone.
1: (laughs) Apparently, this is, like, a really bad part of town, which they kind of establish early in the movie anyway. Yeah. Like, that pre in, like, a really bad neighborhood and a lot of people have moved out, etc. Including the main character. Yeah. He's like, I got out of here when I was 20 or whatever. Walked out of
2: here myself when I was 20.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Um, they they come up with this plan, yeah, for like somebody to go through the sewer, and then like they make it go between like Napoleon and Wells because Bishop's like, there's a car back there, but I can't hotwire. I'm a cop. (laughs) Makes sense, I guess.
0: I I hate hate this part, by the way. I I (laughs) I really like
1: this part. It's funny. It's fun. (laughs) It's
0: funny, but like it's it's so stupid, and like you have to like really guess. It's like they knew all along, like they heard him and be like, oh, put somebody in the car.
1: Yeah, well, I think it's just they thought of that. They thought somebody would sneak out there and they planted some asshole in the car. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me, I guess. These, these people are crazy anyway.
2: But, yeah, but they're all they're they're pretty intelligent, mm-hmm. you know, with stuff like that and the, the phone line and pushing and cr- gathering up all the evidence But they said
1: they were stupid.
2: Yeah,
0: and putting the cars back after they used them as cover while, like, charging
1: the fucking priest. Yeah, I was like, I forgot about that part I was watching. I was like, what the fuck? The cars are back. <laughs> but uh, they play, like, I think they say they're going to play rock, paper, scissors. Well, I was like, no, I'll fucking lose. I, I have bad luck. So let's play potatoes. <laughs> yeah. Like, the fuck's potatoes? I don't, I don't recall that. That was before my time, apparently. Yeah, I
2: didn't even really, like, understand. They just, like, said it really fast, and they hit their fists together, and then... For some reason he lost i was like i i lost I, I don't understand what's happening
1: it's just a cosmic joke and wells goes through the sewer and he gets up there and he hot wires the car and he almost gets away then the dude's behind him and he shoots him in the head and fucking and it's somehow just... they
2: can see everything that happened because he's like maybe the window
1: just broke or something he drives like all the way down the road <laughs> How <do> they? <laughs> i think it, they just drove just out of his view And he's just like, oh, they're going to make it. And then, yeah, he's like, I heard they heard the glass break. He's like, maybe some glass broke. Ah." And he just gets mad because he realizes he's fucking dead. Yeah, I
0: I do want to say, like, I understand. And he's written really well, the lieutenant, because first day on the job as a lieutenant, um, he's in this precinct where it's supposed to be an easy day. All hell breaks loose. He has two prisoners. He has two secretaries. And he has this, like, shock guy who's like, not speaking, uh, because his daughter just died, and he and and uh, Napoleon says a good idea because I think it's a great idea because they didn't show maltop uh, cocktails until pretty much the end, but they're, they're in it's like let's go to the basement that's a, that's a bottleneck and all we have to do is just you know maybe and, and they they bring up to part where they have this like gas tank that they could put over there which they use. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. just use that as a bottleneck. It, that's the most safest that you're not gonna get shot, right? Because if you stay upstairs, there's so many angles that they can come at it. You don't. Well, know. up
2: until then, they're thinking about escape.
0: Yeah.
2: And then they realize we don't need to be thinking about escape. We need to be thinking about
1: surviving as long as we can. Yeah. Yeah. And that that sets them up going, moving everybody to the basement and getting the sign and creating the barricade and setting up the settling tank. Cause they're all almost out of ammo. Mm-hmm. They all each got like three shots left between them. And then Wells got I thought that was funny. He starts, he, he tried to, he, he pulled a gun on Lee and was like, I'm going to get out of here. Y'all are going to let me go. And then she looks at him and it's just like, you don't have any ammo. And he's what? like, Oh, son of a bitch. This thing was silenced. I've been firing with no bullets the whole time. That's funny. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're all low on ammo, so they come up with that plan, and uh, they pretty much just try to last out this one last wave. And Wells is like, "I got," or not Wells. Uh, Bishop's like, "I got three shots left. You know, I, I can make it." He's like, "Well, you sound like a confident man, so I can't argue with you." And anyway,
0: he misses two it's shots. All three
1: shots, man. Yeah. <laughs> last one and it was like boom and i was like oh to be
0: to be fair there was smoke so i'll I'll give him that because like it's one he has to shoot through all those people and plus (laughs) there's smoke going on so and plus he was like hitting which i by the way i find literally uh, hilarious like i they had a big enough sign to put like on the uh so that the wall would like stop it so that they could have that sign prop up against them to be a wall. Yeah, they,
1: they couldn't get around the sign. It was just too wide.
0: Yeah, and then, like, <laughs> uh, Napoleon's hitting uh, the people with, like, the the leg of a table.
1: <laughs> yeah, they take his shotgun from him. He's, like, point the shotgun over it, then eventually one of them just grabs it after he shoots it once. He's like, fuck! And he grabs a table leg or something.
0: Yeah, and, and he's <laughs> using that, and then, like, you see the lieutenant, he's like... And then all of a sudden, boom, and, then boom. See, and then you see all the cop cars come.
1: Finally, they found it yeah. <laughs> right after it was just like that last moment. Well, the
2: way they find out is, is pretty gruesome. They're, they're leaving. He's like, wait, something's wrong. We can get on the radio and horse around. Oh, great. It's starting to rain. Wait, that's not rain. And they get out. And it's blood dripping on the top of the car from the, the murdered, uh, the, the phone repairman guy. Cause he yeah. came to fix the phone lines.
1: Yeah, because they, they stole, they lost a phone truck somewhere out there, too. They're like, oh, we don't know where that guy is. We haven't heard reported from
0: him. Missing, yeah,
1: yeah. there he is, <laughs> strung up on the pole.
0: Yeah, which, uh, I mean, I guess because, but then again, they had the phone truck, right? Like, if you're going to clean up your mess and you're going to clean up all those bodies, you just leave that one guy hanging there?
1: That was dark. Yeah. they <laughs> didn't think anybody would actually drive through there, I guess.
0: And I always like they have to have that one cop that's lazy and doesn't want to go. to, Because that one cop's like, hey, we missed that street. We should go down. And, oh, it's just a precinct. They're moving. No, I bet you they're just like, there's a moving truck. We don't need to go in there. They're probably on the road already. And they're just like, why don't we just go check? <laughs> like, we're, do, we're doing nothing right now. And we're not seeing any other gunfire happen. Yeah. And then, then I like the part of like, oh, see, there's nothing here. And I was like, oh, man, it's raining wait a second that doesn't sound like rain and i i always laughed at that part
1: <laughs> yeah yeah we got kicked out of that too but they survive the night lee uh bishop napoleon and the dad the shocked dad mm. <laughs> shocked dad he gets carted out on a fucking stretcher lee walks away refusing a medical attention because she's a badass
0: and then <laughs> the lieutenant yelling at the officer, be like, don't touch him.
1: <laughs> yeah, some officer gets ready to grab Napoleon. He's like, just lay him alone, Don't touch him. And they just kind of stand there for a minute. And he's like, listen, it'd be an honor if you walk out with me. And he's like, I know it would.
0: I got a, I got a question for you guys. Did you think that he was going to tell Napoleon to be like, just sneak out the back and go through the sewer? Just leave.
2: There's no way.
0: Yeah.
1: No.
2: No, he was like, uh, the, the one guy's like, I'm going to make a break for it. And he's like, you know, I can't let you do that. So that, that nah.
1: yeah. But that's pretty much the end of the movie. It just shows them walking upstairs and it's over.
0: It was a good movie. Um, uh, I. John Carpenter does a great thing where you could literally have no names on the screen and make the characters interesting. Like you see movies today, they always have to be like Vin Diesel, John Cena, and like all these flashy people. Those the were the
2: biggest names you could think of in movies.
0: Well, I'm just thinking because John Cena, he had to apologize about China today or something like that because he was. Oh, he's t-
2: gonna be in the new uh, Fast
1: and the Furious, right? Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that later.
0: Yeah. Oh, will he?
1: Okay. Yeah. Just a little bit. <laughs> but I mean, a lot of these, all the people in this movie were not really anybody. Uh... The guy that played Napoleon—that was John Carpenter's next-door neighbor in the apartment complex. That's he fucking found out he was an actor and was like, "Hey, do you want to be in my movie?" And he <laughs> told funny. him the he told him the part, and everything. He's like, "Yeah, I guess." And that's the same thing for Austin Stoker. He was just a guy who just did some black exploitation films, and he Carpenter found him and told him, "Like, I'm making this movie." And he told him about the part and everything, and and then Austin's like, "Well, can I have the script?" He's like, no, you're hired. I want you to be. No, no, it's lieutenant. too late for that.
0: Yeah, you're you're on. And he's like, uh, okay, that was it. I mean, he was hokey and like over the top, but like at the same time, I was just like, I like him. I mean, he was a very likable <laughs> fucking criminal, <laughs> which uh, I, I enjoyed like watching. Uh, John Carpenter does good with that. Like he he sees that, and like you don't need a big name to play your character. As long as you're, you know, doing the part uh, and making the story interesting, that's all I care about.
1: Yep, and that gets into some escape from New York territory here a second. We'll go over, but yeah, you guys both lo- really like the movie, right? So.
2: Yeah, oh, of course.
0: Oh, yeah, recommended. You better. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this I
2: movie's too violent. I didn't like it. Don't watch
0: the remake. Fuck that thing. I watched it already. It's terrible compared to the this-
2: I I meant to do go above and beyond and do a little extra homework and maybe watch it, but I I ran out of time.
1: I just like I remember seeing the previews for it, and I was like, "What the fuck do they do this?" It's because it's such a simple story. I guess they figured like we could gussy it up and make it fucking awesome, and it'd be like two hours of fifteen minutes. Well, like you said, it's Rio Brava*. Yeah.
0: Well, it has Ethan Hawk and uh, I always fuck up on the guy's name, but I think Lawrence it's,
1: Fishburne. Yeah, I think uh, Lawrence Fishburne, Fishburne uh, yeah. was Napoleon in that, which is that's a good choice. I like Lawrence Fishburne.
0: Yeah, but they they put too many characters because, like, remember it's uh, it's him, Wells, the lieutenant, and the secretary before like the other secretary dies and stuff. They have like eight people in the new film.
1: Oh yeah, because everybody everybody wants to have a massive cast to do shit. Mm. Movies. I don't know.
0: And plus, there was like, th- there was no like sex in this film at all. Like they had in 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 the new one, they like they had them had like, oh, there was a love interest and there was like sex in like a scene and stuff. No,
1: I, I think the only thing you could say that was even remotely sexual was there might have been some tension between Lee and Napoleon. Napoleon. Yeah, it's, it's implied pretty well. There's, yeah. there's 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 one part where he's like, there's only two
2: things worth fighting for or something. And she's like, what are they? And he, I can't, he says like his word and she says, what's the other thing? And he just looks at her. And then he just walks away like a it, badass. Yeah. He just, <laughs> you know, he just leaves it hanging.
0: And then there's a part at the end where you just like, m- when she refuses to stretch her, you're like, Oh, this is where they're going to kiss. And it never happens.
2: It, it does seem like it for a second. Yeah. She, it, yeah. It seems like she thinks about it and decides not to, I think.
1: It's like, man, nah, I don't think I'd kiss Murder. <laughs>
2: he's still a serial murderer maybe maybe i don't want to i don't want to do that Nah.
1: maybe he robbed a bank and got caught instead
2: we don't know all we know is he killed those men that's that's the, all like, they give us to go on
0: like snake plissken right that was the that was the segue. I was
1: the I was thing, I was doing a thing <laughs> you buried the lead I was like, like, <laughs> this guy who robbed a bank and got caught
0: <laughs> which by the which by the way you posted a video in our facebook thing which i watch uh where they deleted the scene where he he uh you know did the bank robbery
1: explains how he was arrested to begin with yeah all
0: right What'd so i i liked it but i am appreciative that we didn't get to see it
1: yeah like a lot of commenters said in the video is like this is cool but honestly it's better without it because he doesn't
2: need it i always liked the analogous like or that's the wrong word i always liked the uh the more mysterious like he was doing some some illegal shit and he got caught
1: yeah because there's just a whole mystery about how he's arrested nobody says anything it's just like snake Pliskin. i thought you were dead yeah. and he's like i am dead shit like that you know he's just real vague you know he never gives any kind of answer either like napoleon
0: um Um, so by the way we're talking about escape from new york if you don't know what we're talking about but yes so talking about that movie yeah um three things i want to say about this movie uh Mm -hmm. real quick love the soundtrack love love kurt russell And I'm really impressed on the set that they did for the World Trade Center at the, like, the the base level. Because that's not the World Trade Center. Like, that's obviously a set. But they did it really well.
1: (laughs) I never got to see the real World Trade Center, so. Yeah, like... I
2: wondered if they hadn't, like, had one evening just to film that shot or something. Because it
1: really does look really good. Mm -hmm. No, this whole movie was filmed mostly in St. Louis.
2: I did notice in the credits it thanked the city of St. Louis.
1: Yeah, like they were trying to find, like, the whole thing was like, oh, New York. But then they they, they toured all around the country trying to find, like, a really run-down shitty place because they tried New York at first, but everything at that time was too new. Mm. They couldn't find a bad enough neighborhood in New York to, like, do that. So then they searched everywhere and they found St. Louis in the the part of St. Louis, it's in Illinois. And cause the, apparently the side where Missouri's at is the good side. The part in Illinois is bad huh. <laughs> at, at that time. Oh, okay, And they, they found like a 10 block area that had like a huge fire or some shit. It was like never really repaired and everybody moved out. It, it, it looks all dilapidated and burned down and shit. And they managed to talk to the city and to turn the power off at night. in That whole area <laughs> while they were filming. Even um, even the chock full of nuts. Yeah, the chock full. Of, I'll get to that in a second. It me <laughs> laugh, but uh, like, they they filmed they, they did build the sunsets and stuff, and they filmed the location around a dam for like where the prison the prison police state people fucking work or whatever. Mm-hmm.
2: The the United States police force.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, but, <laughs> anyways, like. Yeah, he had this idea for this movie for a while, and he he wrote it, like, I think in the 77 or 76, and just sat on it. And then when he, filed he a... wrote
2: it, another interesting carpenter working with someone who went on to do Blank, he wrote it with a guy named Nick Castle, who is the director of The Last
1: Starfighter. Yeah, and... Just interesting. Nick Castle also played Michael Myers in Halloween. <laughs> I didn't Not know that. That's weird. That's fucking <laughs> bizarre. It gets weirder because dubs is talking about Terminator. How he was like John Carpenter should have done Terminator. I'm like, that's I don't know how that would be. That sounds fucking interesting. So
0: I want to elaborate on that. So like, I like James Cameron because he. Uh, Terminator is one of my favorite franchises of all time. Even though <laughs> fucking like it's shitty once it pa- once it goes past Salvation and all that stuff. And some people say the third one is garbage. I kind of like the third one a little bit, uh, but that's for another time when if we ever do rank the Terminator movies. Um, but the, I feel like John Carpenter can do a great, you know, uh, like like remember when Salvation came out, people were like, oh, this is not like the the war movie that we have seen in the James Cameron movie uh, when you know during the 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 War of the Robots and all that stuff. I feel like John Carpenter can do a good version of that. I mean, do you agree?
1: Yeah, if they don't give him a bunch of money. True. <laughs> That's, there you go. Because I know exactly what you're talking about. Because when you watch Terminator 1, it shows all those scenes of like that, the future where they're fighting all the robots. Mm-hmm. Um, that feels kind of like something John Carpenter would do. It looks like that. Yeah. Uh, and but then they went to do it. And it was too far in the future, and there was too much money in movies. And then people were like, "What the fuck? This isn't what I thought it would be because it's, it's too pretty." Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh, so there's that bit about Nick Castle, which I thought was super interesting. Uh, but then they started when they started getting the money together, they started talking about who's supposed to play Snake Plissken, and they wanted like Charles Brodseth or Tommy Lee Joes to do it. <laughs> And the carpenter was like, I don't want Charles Brotson to do it because he's too old. (laughs) He's also scared that he might try to like take control of the production on him because at that point he was still like a pretty Pretty young director. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And what was Tommy Lee Jones like? What was because I remember him being bigger in the 90s, right? Like, yeah, he
1: wasn't that big yet, was he? No, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I haven't looked at Tommy Lee Jones' filmography. Maybe he wasn't something awesome back then. I just don't know, but um. I kind of said what at that too but Carpenter wanted Kurt Russell and he wanted Kurt Russell I guess just cuz he was still relatively unproven. Yeah, he's like he, I got a guy. And then Kurt Russell was like, "Well, they got me doing all these Disney movies and I don't want to be a Disney guy anymore." <laughs> <laughs> Basically is what what he he was thinking. He was wanting to be taken more seriously.
0: Yeah, Tommy Lee Jones was doing a lot of TV in the 80s. So I I guess like he was trying to like break out but then he broke out in the 90s pretty much
1: i guess he was like an unknown guy and somebody probably just saw his headshot and was like, well, this guy looks like he could be a badass no i it, guess
0: <laughs> if those two were fucking snake plissing pliskin, but then again that's us being biased because kurt russell's fucking awesome so
1: i mean i i like charles bronson but i'm just like i don't know i agree he was too old at that point tommy lee jones i just don't really see it
2: yeah, because I, I mean, John, John Carpenter was already—I don't know if they were best buds—but he'd already worked with Kurt Russell too, so he's probably more more prone to get someone
1: he already knew. He did that Elvis movie with him, right? Kurt Russell played Elvis. Played Elvis. Sure. Did. <laughs> I want to see. That. I, I really want to see that. I haven't seen it yet. It was made for TV.
0: Yeah.
1: Um,
0: I just think. But, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but I—I I just imagine Tommy Lee Jones just like saying the lies but like. Uh, but my name is, uh, Snake, okay? <laughs> like in his, like, southern accent and all that stuff. Snake Plissken.
1: Yeah. <laughs> really dry delivery of everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this movie starts with, uh, <laughs> it tells us about how, like, crime's gone out of control and it's in the far flung future, 1997, <laughs> <laughs> which I always love. And it just shows us, like, uh, Air Force One's getting hijacked by some crazy bitch. (laughs) She's like, she's spouting off propaganda and stuff. And they're apparently trying to take the president hostage who is played by Donald Pleasance. Yeah. (laughs) I forgot Donald Pleasance was the president of this. It's been a while since I've seen it.
2: I'll never forget that.
0: Because I was...
1: I was reading something before I watched the movie. Like I was just kind of boning up a little bit. And the principal photographer was talking about like, this. somebody was interviewing her. Like she was usually the photographer for John Carpenter and all of his movies. And she, they were like, what's your favorite shot? Like what's some of your favorite shots you've ever done? And she's like, I absolutely love the shot where Donna Pleasance is firing an M60. And I'm like, <laughs> when does he do that? And I forgot at the end of the movie. Yeah. She's yeah. Dying.
2: Yeah, the Duke.
1: Yeah, the Duke. <laughs> I lost my shit at that when that happened. Oh man! But um,
0: which is Blofeld in in the bomb movies that we just saw. So
1: yeah, he was he was a Blofeld once. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, they're hijacking the the Air Force One, and they put him in his pod, his little sand capsule, to get away. <laughs> and, the, the, they crashed the plane to the building and I guess it just falls down through there and, and onto the ground level.
2: Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Jet fuel can't melt steel beams. So as we've learned. <laughs> <laughs> as, as we have
1: learned.
0: <laughs> I, Andy just took it right out of my mouth. Cause I was like, <laughs> because I saw this and I was like, all oh, the twin towers are right there. And I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my <goodness. laughs> oh man. Andy. That was great. That was great. Uh, <laughs>
1: I wasn't going to say anything, <laughs> but um, uh, after that, like uh, Lee Van Cleef is also in this movie and he's like the guy who controls all the police people. Lee Van Cleef is awesome, by the way.
2: Basically, everyone who's in this movie is great. Ernest Borgnine is in this movie and he fucking kills it. Isaac Hayes is in this movie and he fucking kills it. Harry Dean Stanton is in this movie and he fucking kills it. Yes. Everyone's awesome in this movie. Everyone it's, is good. Everyone is is doing their best performance in this movie.
1: It's really like an all star cast, except for Kurt Russell. At this point, he's he's still relatively unproven, but he's fucking awesome anyway. Well, because he brings
0: it. Lee Van Cleef is he does a lot of western, like the Good Bad Bad and the Ugly.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's Angel Eyes.
0: Yeah. He's and-
1: done he's done a bunch of stuff at this point. Levan Cleaf's a fucking is basically a veteran movie star at this point in his career. Yeah, he's a he's he's a big deal.
0: And Tom Atkins, yeah. who was in the fog and fucking Halloween
1: three. Adrian Barbeau was also in the fog. Frank Doubleday was
2: in Assault on Precinct 13.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Ox Baker. Wrestled guys for 20 years. <laughs> no, we'll get talks baker later.
0: And Henry D. Stanton, Dean Stanton was fucking great as the brain. So yeah. I you...
1: forgot he was in this movie too. And I like, oh my god, here are these hands here. I told you to go left. <laughs> oh jeez, we're, we're getting off the rails quick. I know um,
0: that's my favorite part though.
1: <laughs> but uh, like uh, Levi Cleef sends some guys over there to try to get the president real quick and then. Some crackhead meets them and has the president's finger because you can
0: see the that, little. That's pro- Frank
1: Doubleday.
2: That's uh, that's the the White Warlord.
0: Romero.
1: Oh, okay, that's why.
2: It's the same I, actor.
0: Yeah.
1: God, he looked a lot like Steve Buscemi there with all that makeup and shit. It threw me off.
2: No, Steve Buscemi's in Escape from L.A.
1: Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> oh.
2: But no, that's uh, I didn't realize until this time because I watched him so close together. But yeah, it's the same guy who plays the the
1: White Warlord is uh, Romero. He just looks so different with all that makeup and shit. He, he just looked like a crazy crackhead Steve Buscemi to me. I don't know. Well, did you
0: <laughs> did you? I have to ask this question, and I yep. I'm sorry if I'm jumping around, but like there's a character named Cronenberg. Is that supposed to be a jab at? To the director, yeah,
2: yeah, I think I think Carpenter uh, does that in a lot of movies.
1: Well, the other guy was R- Rose Romero. Romero, yeah, yeah. that's I, I think that he was doing a thing because yeah, I think they Cronenberg.
2: Those are both directors. I think
1: they're buddies. They yeah. they were buddies in the case of Romero, but yeah, um, it, they try to get get him, and then the crackhead guy, Double Day, has the fucking finger, and then he tells him if you try to get in here we're going to kill him. If you don't leave in 30 seconds, we're going to kill him. If you come back in, we're going to kill him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then he just starts counting down and they, they fuck off immediately because they're like, okay, he's serious. Get, get out of here.
0: <laughs> By the way, keep on speaking. I got to use the bathroom.
1: Okay. So, uh, after that, or before that, it kind of shows Snake being transferred into the prison complex. Follow the orange line. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's following the orange line. Then they come back to that after he's sort of begun the process of being processed. Uh, he meets the Lee Van Cleef because I guess he finds out, oh, this is Snake Pliskin. Well, he did. He was in World War III in Leningrad and all that. I thought he was dead. Everybody thinks he's dead.
2: Yeah. Just like <laughs> Leningrad Snake.
1: Pulls him aside and he gets him in his office. He makes him an offer he can't refuse. He almost refuses it. He's like, yeah, he
2: doesn't give a fuck about your country or your president.
1: That's right. I don't give a fuck about your war or your president. And he's like, listen, you get a president, get your president back, we'll give you a full pardon. And he's like, I'll think about it. <laughs> he's like, Give me the paper before I agree. Or yeah. some shit before <laughs> he wants the paper before he does the job. And somehow they, they talk him he talks him into kind of doing it, he does it. He gets shots. He doesn't like needles. Like a certain other guy doesn't like needles. And he gets shot up with some shit that he didn't know was gonna be something later, too. But he gets he finds out what it is immediately. (laughs) Because that doctor's not comfortable doing that. Yeah, I
2: like that the doctors immediately like tell him.
1: And he's like, What the fuck did you do? (laughs) Well, I think (laughs) we put two capsules in your arteries, that will explode.
0: (laughs) Well, I think the doctor was kind of like having a conscience to be like, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to put this in this guy's body without telling them. It's kind of fucked, up.
1: <laughs> it is fucked, fucked up. up. Yeah. Even if he was a criminal who robbed a, the Federal Reserve in Colorado, I guess. I mean, he's a war hero. Yeah. He deserves that money. <laughs> him and the, that dude, whoever was his friend. <laughs> uh. They give him all this gear, which is like, you know, an Uzi with a super silencer and a scope and some kind of revolver where that you never have to reload because I never see anybody reload it.
2: Yeah, and it, it, that gun is weird. Uh, it, it pisses me off so much later on when once her face is firing it and there's no recoil. She's just like, <laughs> it just doesn't even move. And I'm like. What kind of weird
0: ass future game? It's
1: the future. First. It's the is not reloadable
0: revolver. revolver. It, revolver. It, no. It's it okay. has infinite it, ammo. It's, it's okay. one of those guns from Mass Effect. It's, yeah. a, it's okay. She does barely anything with it and she gets fucking uh, like run down. So well,
2: she, <laughs> she shoots out a headlight and she causes him to wreck, which yeah. is, you know, that's something. She takes the car away from it.
1: She shot one of the chandeliers. <laughs> Why didn't somebody tell him that she had one of those things? but (laughs) anyway um he also had ninja stars that he never used no he uses one once does he i I think i must not seen it
2: when he's when he first is rescuing the president in that um in the railway car he like grabs the one guy and like strangles him and the president like looks right at him like an idiot and the other guy notices him shoots him in the leg with a uh, crossbow and he goes ah and like puts a puts a, a ninja star right in his face
1: Oh, I must have like I must have reached for popcorn when that happened. Just that split second. <laughs> he, he, like he, puts, he puts
2: it like right in his forehead. Awesome, it. It he got an to easy use the easy star. star.
1: <laughs> but uh, he gets all his gear. They put him in this glider thing, and a plane kind of like takes him up in the air. And I fucking love this scene where he's in the glider flying. It's so cool. It's so like the music is perfect, and it has that. I know it's a
2: practical effect. Like I know how they did it, but goddamn, it looks so good the way that the way the city is i know I, in case anyone i know you both of you guys know but in case anyone listening doesn't know that's just a set like it's a model and then they just used phosphorescent paint and they painted the corners of all the buildings and it's just under like a real dim i think it's a black light and they just filmed it like it's not computer generated it's not any of that stupid bullshit it's literally just a camera feed from the set that they made and it looks so good it pays off so well i love it
1: yeah um, and that that reminds me of something I was going to say, and I, I, we kind of I lost track because we were starting to go off rails a little bit. But that thing about James Cameron, Dub's talking about. Oh, he should have done Transform or not Transformers? <laughs> <laughs> <later>. about Transformers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Transformers. John Carpenter Transformers. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> but, uh, James Cameron worked on this movie, and he did some of the matte paintings for this movie. Really? Yeah.
2: Well, that's cool. The matte paintings in this movie are are excellent.
1: Go figure, the backgrounds bro. and stuff, yeah. He, it's just weird that he said that. James Cameron worked on this movie. <laughs> hmm. um, but, yeah, he, he flies the glider in. I love the music, the lighting, all that stuff. Um, lands on the World Trade Center, barely. He, he, almost, he almost flies off. Then he gets down in the street. And it's like, I love him going through the streets because it's just super atmospheric. It's dark. It's kind of, like, scary a little bit. So,
0: i got a question so the mission was rescue the president because he has that tape but if you can't yeah. if, if he dies somehow just make sure you get the tape right that was the mission
1: i think they wanted the president back no matter what like the tape was important too because mm-hmm. like if there was no president it would have like messed up the whole mission or something because he had to go to like some conference or be a part of the conference somehow mm-hmm. even if it was like on a a team's Skype call or something <laughs> Skype call. But, but, uh, like, yeah, they, they put those bombs in his neck and he's got, he's on a 24 hour timer to do this. So he's down in the streets and he's got like 22, 21 at 21 and a half hours left to find him. And he doesn't know where the fuck he is. Mm-hmm. He finds the Plane wreckage. And he can't talk to anybody or trust anybody. Cause everybody here is weird and crazy.
2: Well, he has the tracer, because the president's supposed to be wearing uh, a, wrist, a wrist thing that, that keeps track of his vitals. Right. But it ends up going to just some, some drunk, some bum.
0: And then Urs after... Borgnine
2: tries to help him, and he blows him off.
1: Should should let him help you, Snake. He seemed crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he goes through, like, the streets until he, he does run into a bunch of crazies, and he runs past chock full of nuts, and the street's chock full of nuts running past him, and it made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> he finds like a, I guess like a hooker that 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 nut nuttery. What do you call a place where you buy nuts? It's a place where you get nuts if you want to get nuts. Let's get nuts. <laughs> <laughs> he was gonna try to get some nuts, but she was wanting to get some nuts. He from was him trying to get some nuts. Yeah, yeah. But then yeah. she got what the fuck were those Fucking guys? Pulled through the floor. I mean, yeah. it's
2: like it's like right out of a horror movie because they're like outside, they're all crazy, and she's like, if if we're quiet, they won't hear us. By the way. Can you get me out of here? I'll totally bone you right now. And then, like these these fucking crazy people burst through the floor and pull her through a hole in the floor. Like and she
1: just dies, I guess. And they're like burrowing up from the floor, like in multiple holes. Like, what were those guys? Were they like weird mutants or something? They're
2: they're the crazies. They live in the sewers.
1: Cleveland okay.
2: warned him about them because they come. And the, she says, "Oh, they're coming out because it's the end of the month." <coughs> yeah, which cow. is weird. Like, are they getting their fucking Welfare checks on the first? Like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Why the end of the month? Why does it matter? I, I
1: guess that's what it is.
0: I Did John Carpenter trying to say something about people on welfare? Maybe. <laughs> um, I I just assumed that they were cannibals and they were just trying to find people to eat.
1: They'll
2: yeah. kill and strip you in 10 seconds flat. Apparently.
0: Until the cabbie comes and throws a maltop cocktail. <laughs> I
1: love that part. Stuff just- that gold around here? they drive off and he takes him to Brain's place because he's trying to find the Duke because he finds out about the Duke from him oh real quick I thought of a good joke and when he
2: gets into the cab he's listening to Chekhov's American Bandstand
1: (laughs) (laughs) he's like I need to find the president the Duke knows everything he's like where's the Duke he's like I can't we can't see the Duke because when you see the Duke you die but the Brain, he'll tell you everything you need to know. But he'll, he'll talk to the Duke for you. So he takes him to Brain, which is, he takes him to some library or something. And they go down in there, and you see Adrienne Barbeau, who's, I don't know the name of her character. They never really say her name, I think. But her yeah, bo-
0: they do. Um, they? Maggie. 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 That's, That's
1: Maggie. That's my bad.
0: Uh, her boobs are huge.
1: That might have been why I wasn't paying attention. I'm just being. honest. <laughs> <laughs> just, they're just there. I mean, like, but um, uh, they they go down there and meets Brain. And then he realizes Brain is um one of his old acquaintances, <laughs> Harold Hellman. He's like, son of a bitch. How
2: <laughs> you like, doing there, Harold? Like in Kansas City here or some shit.
1: He, he talks about one of their old friends. I forget his name. California Joe or some bullshit. Do you know you de- You know what they did to him? He's like, I'm about to do it to you. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, they have like this standoff thing for a while. And till finally, Cabbie talks some sense into all of them. And it's like, okay, fine. And then brain's like, all right, I'll, I'll help you find the president. I'll help you talk to the Duke. All right. And um, after that, they, they walk out and then all of a sudden they hear like the engines. Cabby hears the engines like, Oh, that's the Duke.
0: He's here. And then the music kicks. That music, the the Duke's music is my favorite part of the the film.
1: Yeah, I, it, f- I forgot he had like chandeliers and shit. He had like a low rider, like on his car. It's just like that's awesome.
0: It's very funky because of Isaac. Uh, uh, I almost said Isaac Newton. Oh, my God, Isaac Hayes.
1: I, <laughs> Isaac Newton was very funky, man. He figured out gravity.
0: <laughs> but Isaac Isaac Hayes, like I guess maybe he had like oh, I'm not. Like he he was part of like the funky disco era, and that's what I felt like it was. So
1: I saw it was kind of a he even had a disco ball in his in his car, you know. Mm-hmm. It had to be a nod to, to some of that, but um, I
0: I will say like this movie like reminded me of like a uh, a alternate reality of Mad Max of like how the the vehicles were. Especially when I mean when we get to the part with the wrestler and all that stuff, but like the vehicle was very uh, post-apocalyptic. Uh, I, the, the The society is dystopian, right? I'm, I'm I mean, not- as
2: far as New York goes, I, we assume the rest of the world probably is. You see some more of it in escape from L.A., and I guess it is. At some point, there was a the the, the Cold War escalated because you know Puskin saw action in Leningrad or whatever and
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to figure out this whole time if it's like like is this this is a post I don't think this is post-apocalypse but it's like it's sort of vaguely cyberpunky and yeah, sort of
2: I guess dystopian is the best word I can think of.
1: Dystopia is what I I kind of ended up with. This well, vaguely cyberpunky dystopia.
0: Well, Manhattan itself feels post-apocalyptic just on what's happening in that area yeah oh i thought you were
1: gonna say well manhattan is post-apocalyptic anyway yeah right now (laughs)
0: well right now no and i made the joke to you guys on facebook i'm like wow this is like 2021 i mean not to the extent of what it was but like it's getting there to the crime rate and all that stuff so it's Mm. it's not far from the uh from this movie um minus the crazies
1: they, uh, they hide out, though, hiding from the Dukes guys. And then Brain says, like, well, we can't get to the president. We don't have a ride. And he's like, hang on a minute. Just relax. And he knocks some guys out and steals their car. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he tell, Brain tells them where to go. He tells them how to get to the, the – there's, like, a brief scene where they drive through Broadway. And he's like, what's wrong with Broadway? Because Maggie says something about, you can't drive through Broadway at this time. It's bad. It's full of people who throw rocks. It's full of people it's, just throw a bunch of garbage at you. It's full of the bottle kids from Trailer Park Boys.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> is that how Broadway is in real life? I mean, I've never been there. <laughs> no,
0: Broadway is, like, actually okay. Like, it, I, I guess they just had to make a bad neighborhood out of it, and that's what they did.
1: <laughs> the, they drive through there, and... Barely make it. I'm surprised the car held up. I halfway expect it to just die.
2: I mean, it dies in the next scene. So yeah,
1: it, it makes just makes it. And they they're holding the president apparently in like a train like train a, yard. Yeah, a train yard. Brain walks up there and he's like, "Hey, we're here to see the president." And duke sent me. He's like, "Well, Duke told me nobody's allowed in here." Hey, they and, all, well
0: they all didn't trust the brain. Like every scene that like yeah, I don't believe the duke said that. So you're bullshitting me.
2: He, he does ass. the same thing twice. He's just like, Oh, the Duke told me to come look at the president. All right, I'll have to tell him you said
1: that. Well, hang on. <laughs> but uh yeah, he he pulls that same gag later. Uh but Snake just sneaks it back from behind. He sneaks in and get off some guys and saves the president for like fifteen seconds. <laughs> They all get ambushed and they beat the hell out of Snake and knock him out. And it's, it's the whole—you feel like the whole thing's fucked now. Yeah.
0: John Carpenter. John, sorry to interrupt you. John Carpenter does this thing that his jump out scares are not because of the people jumping out, but he like puts this like weird synth fucking loud noise. Like Resist when he after him. he
2: lands, he's in the tower and there's someone in the background and the music goes. Bwee! For no
1: reason. Yeah, yeah. because I see a guy run, run across. Yeah, I remember what you're talking about. There's
2: not, not right. even really a payoff to that. Like he doesn't get attacked while descending the tower, so it's a big deal. It's <laughs> just to make you feel uneasy, and it works. Yeah, that that's, that's actually exactly why it's in there.
1: Because that's what I was saying. That whole first bit where he goes down the streets and it's playing like that really ominous music. It's dark and you can't see anything. And he's looking around all the corners. It's like you feel it. He's like, "Fuck, this is like crazy."
0: but the the jump scare like the sound scared me more than the jump because i was like because uh snake is doing this thing where he's always like he's not confident on where he is obviously because he has to save this president so he's like looking around i'm like ah somebody's gonna come out soon and like grab him and then that sound happened i'm like fuck because i had my headphones on
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's probably much worse with headphones yeah yeah um and there's like a bit of a time skip because snakes unconscious and they wake up and it's like daytime now. And he's, he's being held at crossbow baseball bat point. And meanwhile, the Duke's got his gun and he's shooting at the president. He, he's like up against the wall doing like a William tell thing. And they shoes, he shoots his briefcase open by accident. And then, what's his face crackhead guy goes up there and he's like messing with him a little bit. And he grabs the tape. At first I thought he was going to break the tape. Then he pockets it. I'm like, Oh, okay. Don't worry. It gets broken later. Yeah. It gets broken. Uh, at that point in time, I think, uh, was Levi and clay for the other guy. They decide they're going to send some guys in, Mm -hmm. uh, and they kind of get suckered in because there's like a whole group of people waiting for him to come down or something. And then it was all like a, it was a ploy.
0: Well, the whole thing is like the, the locator is out of service and there's like two hours left or something like that. And mm-hmm. the, the guy that's higher over Lee, um, the, the, actor, he's like, I, I'm the higher rank here. I, I he's not answering your shit. I'm just going to go. and, and then he's like, I think Yeah, he was the
1: secretary of state, actually. Yeah. If I, if I remember in the past.
0: So he's like, We have to go because there's like two hours left before like some like war, or like I guess World War Three maybe is going to happen.
1: World War well, Three will continue.
0: Yeah. yeah. They're
2: missing like this peace summit between Russia,
1: China, and the United States. Yeah. The Hartford Peace Summit, I think they say. And they need that tape. It's important because it's got information that'll. Save humanity. Apparently got some dork on it talking about isotopes or something.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah I, uh, uh, we'll talk of, Freeman? We'll talk. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But I, I didn't understand it um, as far as peace. But uh, yeah, me either. <laughs> so the um, the Simon the uh, t- to kind of like continue what you're talking about. The simultaneously two events happen at the same time. So brain goes to Romero, the the person that uh, the crazy guy in the beginning with the finger. Because mm-hmm. they're watching the uh, the president, <laughs> which, by the way, they put a wig on him, <laughs> which is that's funny.
2: He's like all pissed off. It's like, nah, I'm sorry, dude, that's funny. You're the president of the United States and they put a wig on you. Fuck you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and brain tricks him. And that's when Maggie like shoots those three guys and like uh, brain stabs Romero. I
1: love when he stabs him. And his reaction is just like he's really sad. Mm-hmm. And he dies. He's just like...
0: <laughs> she kind of
1: goes... <sighs> 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 it's like he's about to cry.
0: And this is where the red herring, uh, which I like about what John Carp- Carpenter put in there, because you're just like, oh, this is where Brain gets the tape, right? Because this is the last time we hear it. But then they put he puts in this thing like, oh, where did you get that hat from? The cabbie? Yeah, we traded something. Mm-hmm. Uh, um... And uh, and you're just like, all right, as the audience, you think the brain has it because he's stabbed Bromero. Uh, yeah. uh, and then, um, you know, which I'll let you take this away, but uh, Snake Plissken goes to a fucking wrestling ring and faces an <laughs> actual wrestler.
1: He goes to the arena, and he's, like, all fucked up because he got, he got shot in the leg with a crossbow bolt, and he, he he's, like, you know, he's limping. He's not 100%. And they put him in there against this big, burly fucker named Slag, who's actually Ox Baker, who was a more notable wrestler in, like, the 60s and 70s. Which, this,
0: I, which I read up on. He had feuds with Andre, Andre the Giant, Dusty Rose, and Bruno Sammartino, which, mm-hmm. which apparently was big feuds back in the day.
1: Also Ernie Ladd. He, he has a really infamous incident with Ernie Ladd. Which, the thing about Ox Baker was... <laughs> his finisher was called the heart punch and they made up this whole gimmick where like he killed, he killed five men with this heart punch. Yes. Like, like, because they had like some job or like make it look like he was having a seizure one time and they carted him out. He was like foaming at the mouth or some shit. I guess he had Alka-Seltzer tablets or something.
0: Well, that's when wrestling actually cared about fucking image. So yeah.
1: So uh, he the, the number of men who died from this heart punch just slowly increased over time. So it made everybody terrified when he would heart punch somebody. And they did with Ernie Ladd. Ernie Ladd was like a baby face in the Ohio area. I think they were in uh, Cleveland. He was doing this thing where he kept heart punching Ernie Ladd. He was laying there and he's like, just a little bit more heat, brother, while everybody's getting pissed. Like they're (laughs) they're almost at the point to riot. He's like, no, the natives are getting restless. No, he's like, just a little bit more heat. He punches him like four or five times at that point. All hell breaks loose. I read up on
0: this and I actually watched, heard some podcasts about it. Like he was getting so mega heat for that. Uh which you just because everybody thinks wrestling is real back then, because you're like, yeah. oh my god, he's fucking die he's killing a man in, in front of our eyes.
1: So everybody rushes the ring and ox just runs away. He just, <laughs> he just runs to the back and he just What's gets he away. supposed to do? exactly like all these people are coming at him with like chairs and shit (laughs) (laughs) so so that was that was he was part of one of the biggest wrestling riots Mm -hmm. but uh now he's fighting kurt russell he's fighting (laughs) Nick plinston in the arena and they're hitting you're trying to first they just have like a a, they fight a little bit then they give baseball bats they have they have a duel with baseball bat then they both give them both like a trash can lid for a shield
0: I want to admit that part where they hand him the uh, the trash can lid and the fucking nailed bat or club, and he's just like, all right, yeah, give me that shit. <laughs> like, yeah. And he puts it on, and I'm like, I, I like Kurt Russell because he always does that nonchalant, be like, all right, I guess, <laughs> so give me that shit. Yeah, he
1: said this filming this sucked because it was just, I guess it was really hot, and they did this a lot, and it was just him getting his ass kicked for, like, who knows how long? Yeah. <laughs> this big guy's just he's supposed to block all of his hits and he's getting tired. It sounded mm-hmm. brutal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. But uh he kill he kills Slag though finally he, he hits him in the back of the head, he just falls into the ropes and he just hangs there the rest of the time.
0: He yeah. get
1: away, he meets up with Brain, they hook back up and they start trying to get the hell out of there.
0: Well, you missed the part where he does the tracer thing, the location.
1: Yeah, he found his tracer. Like that one of those guys that was holding him hostage had it. He just snatched it from his wrist. And he put he when he did it, he hit the button and they gave out the, the tracer signal so Lee Van Cleef could be like, Oh, he's I knew he was still alive. And they they start sending him trying to, you know, set up the rescue for him and everything. Um and I think at that point I feel like I'm forgetting something there.
0: No, I, th- I think we hit the major points because that's yeah. that that's when Kurt Russell or Snake Plissken, uh, the cabbie and Brain and Maggie they all meet up and all this stuff. Be like, give me the tape, and he's like, well, I ha- I know how to get past the bridge because there's booby traps and shit. I
1: I know I know what it was. It threw me off because suddenly it switched back to night really fast, mm. and it made me feel like, oh okay, because they they all tried to use his glider, but like the. Redskins, I guess they were a gang or something. They fucking just shoved this glider off the side of the building and crashed it, right? Because <laughs> they're crazy. I don't know. And uh, they decided to they go back downstairs and try to get in the car and just drive across the bridge. But th- there was a guy <laughs> where the engine should be pointing a gun at them. How do they do that so fast? They took the engine out. And they just had it running over there or something. It was it was like they were just fucking with them. So the Duke's there with all his guys, and they're holding them up. And,
0: and I want—I want to admit, like the Duke is like standing right behind a, uh, a gas tank or whatever, and yeah. like they shoot that, and he's like, "Oh my god, my face!" And they run away.
1: that's how they get away. He just takes a pot shot at him, and some steam shoots out, and he run. They all run for it to the cabby. To cabby, who just happens to be there. Yeah, they just go in his cab, and he's just like, uh, uh, "No, crap. <laughs> Plizgan just push, shoves him over, gets to the driver's seat. It's like, move. <laughs> Start driving to the bridge.
0: Yeah, because they have to follow a certain path, and the brain is the only one who knows how to read the map. Uh, uh and like you think. Yeah. And Cabby's like, oh, you know, you know, uh, make sure you're being easy and all that stuff. <laughs> and I and there's a part where like the, the cab gets cut in half and he dies, and I'm just like
2: That sucks.
0: Aw.
1: <laughs> like yeah. I Cabby's like one of my favorite characters. Mm -hmm. I felt bad he he died. And they 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 continue on foot because their ride's busted. And then the brain gets separated from it's like, no, we're supposed to go left. And then
0: blam, he just goes flying into the air and hits like the hood of a car. And then Maggie, like, is because I (laughs) I gotta admit, because I'm like, well, Kurt Russell's more attractive than this guy. I'm like, Maggie's just gonna jump with Kurt Russell. But, no, she stays with Brain and shoots the Duke and, like, hits the headlight. And she loved him. Yeah. She stuck by her man. And then, you know, got run over by the Duke because he crashed into her. Um, And, uh, you know, the president goes into the thing. And um, that's where Snake fights off the Duke. And he, he gets onto the harness, right? And then you see like a hatch, and I'm like, "Oh, this is where the fucking guy, like uh, the the lead, just like is gonna kill him or something." But it's yeah. the president with an M60 <laughs> just on the top. The
1: Duke, you're the Duke. <laughs> oh, I laughed. Oh, is it? It's wonderful.
0: It's a great part. Um, and then you know, obviously the Duke, uh, not the Duke, the uh, the president hits the hatch. He goes back up. This is where I want to ask you guys the question, because obviously the president's getting prepped. He's gonna. Oh, we forgot to uh, say during the the bridge part. This is where you find out that the cabbie has the tape, and you know that's where you find out where he puts the tape into the machine, and that's where the the, the isotopes and all that stuff. But um, that part of
2: why brain's still with him because he says he knows where the tape is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So, my question to you guys, because th- the president's getting prepped and, um, you know, Snake Plissken comes up and the president is uh, all of a sudden conceited, right? Because he's like, oh, I have three minutes and all that stuff. And he's like, uh, Snake is like, I want your time, to- uh, you know, a minute of your time. Only a
2: moment of your time.
0: And he ex- he asks this question. Now, my question to you guys is if he would have been more sincere about those people that died for him, you think he would have gave the tape to him or was, yeah. was he always going bri- yeah, to. That's, that's
2: why he asks. That's what he's, he's just, Hey, are you, are you a good person? And he's basically gives him the answer that indicates, no, I'm a piece of shit. Just like everyone else. who runs this, this, you know, the, this terrible future version of America. And he's like, that's what I thought. And that's why he walks away and destroys the tape.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, Uh, This is where, because John Carpenter's always been vocal about, like, American war. Like, war shit. Um, And I feel like this part kind of shows, like, you know, politicians and military men. Because, like, oh, we're just military people doing your dirty deeds and all that stuff. You don't care about us. Yeah. Yeah. I,
2: I, I take that away from this movie big time. Because also it's like he's a war hero and he had to turn to crime. Like America treats its veterans horribly. Like that's, that's just, that's just true facts. That's not like dystopian America. That's just,
0: that's, that's real life. It's just
2: actually happening right now. And I, I think maybe Carpenter Carpenter sewed that into his plot a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yep. And and I like the part where Lee, uh, Lee is like, Hey, you could be part of our group and stuff. Or, you know, I have a job for you. <laughs> He's like, I'm too tired. Because well, first he says, I'm too tired to kill. Are you. Are you gonna kill me, Snake? Yeah, I'll I'm
2: kill you tired. later. <laughs> Maybe later. It's one of my favorite lines in the whole movie.
1: I love it. So, do call you? Call me Pliskin. <laughs> he tries to keep calling him Snake. He's like, no, call me Pliskin.
0: I mean, <laughs> I obviously we know he somehow escapes to L.A. Apparently, um, but because <laughs> I always thought, like, where is he gonna go? Like, is he going to, like, sleep in one of their tents or something? But then he breaks the tape, and I'm like, maybe he just steals the helicopter and gets the fuck out of there.
1: They gave him a full pardon.
0: Yeah.
2: He had
1: a full pardon. He can do whatever he wanted. He fucking destroyed that tape, and they played some kind of goofy fucking music instead. And I thought that band was hilarious. Bandstand
2: Boogie, it's band stand Bandstand
1: Boogie.
2: <laughs> I actually really like that song. And ironically, his, his, face would
1: it, his face when it starts playing. And you know, like, oh, my God, the leaders of Russia and China are, are, are seeing this. It just makes me laugh.
0: You know, honestly, I think that song could bring peace. <laughs> exactly. Thank good. you for bringing that up because I was like, uh, you know what? He kind of brings a good message, if you think about it. We all need to come together and, and uh, you know, think of peace. And he brings, like, music. And music is the universal language <laughs> of everything. And I'm like. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm like. Not isotopes? Nobody gives a fuck about <laughs> isotopes. And that's what I want to talk to you guys about. I'm like, what does isotopes and because it's like nuclear fusion and all that stuff. It's now.
2: it's one of the weaker strands of the story because
0: there's already a
2: ticking clock element. Um they obviously Carpenter worked on this a lot. Over the years, and it's really tight, well put together. Like there's a lot of good motivation here and there. You know, the president goes down, you gotta get the president back. Uh, you're here's your motivation, you get a full pardon. But also, if you can add a ticking clock element to any story, it makes it more dramatic. So mm-hmm. they put the stupidest stuff in his neck and they're like, Look, in 24 hours, your neck's gonna explode and you're gonna bleed out. But they needed, to, like, why would they do that? Why wouldn't they just give him as much time as possible? So there had to be a MacGuffin. Look, you got to get the president back in a day or else blank. And honestly, I can't think of anything better, but it is, it's kind of weak.
0: Like, the, uh, the only thing I could think of is that America had more knowledge of nuclear fusion than China and Russia. Yeah, that's what it is. It's like something about how to utilize radiation for
2: a better power source i think that that's what i always
0: kind of and the and the only thing i could think of is maybe if we tell our enemies about the weapons that we have i guess that we'll all be evenly uh weaponized where we know we would kill each other if we go to war and maybe that's would bring peace i guess i don't know well, I,
2: I always assumed it had something to do with uh nuclear power
1: Yeah.
0: Maybe that too, because they
2: use different power sources. I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think Escape from New York put that much thought into it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: it's okay though because this movie is still awesome. Yeah, this movie still kicks ass. Oh, it, my favorite I
0: actually want to get this on. All our movies that we fucking watch, I want to get on Blu-ray. Yeah. I th- I think it's. Yeah, admit- we didn't
2: watch any stinkers. Like they, they've all been great. Uh, I've almost bought this movie several times, but Shout Factory had a fancy collector's edition that came with like a steel book and a um lithograph poster and it's been sold out like since i became aware of them doing that like i got the big trouble in little china one but i missed out on that and they also did it with um they live and they've done steel books for most of his other stuff uh oh, the right. fog and uh, christine Damn. and a bunch of others but um I'm kind of waiting because now they're redoing a bunch of them in 4k and I'm just waiting for them to do the big collector's edition in 4k. I'm going to buy it. It's immediately. I have a, a done deal.
0: I have a question for you guys. If John Carpenter did another escape. Okay. Now I, I haven't seen escape from LA. Where's he
2: going to escape from Chicago.
0: I the don't. Moon. I don't know. I like I said.
2: <laughs> oh my God! You are kick ass.
0: It
1: doesn't matter. <laughs> Escape from the moon. Like old oh, man Kurt
0: Russell. Escape from
1: the moon. Let's go.
0: Now, if John Carpenter did another movie with Kurt Russell as Snake Plissken, old. Okay. Now think of old Snake like Metal Gear, and if John Carpenter did a movie, not high budget at all, just like how he did the movie in the eighties and and early nineties. Would you want another, like, a trilogy, like Escape from New York, Escape from L.A., and Escape from whatever? Would you want that? I'd see it. I wouldn't want it, though. Okay.
1: Yeah, I would see I I don't really know if I want that either, because it's like I was talking about in the chat. I feel like Escape from L.A. was kind of like his response to being pestered about sequels to his movies, partially. Mm -hmm. Because it's kind of goofy. It doesn't have the same tone. If if he wants
2: to make another movie, I want it to be the movie that he wants to make. I feel yeah. that I feel the same way about most creators that I respect.
0: I agree with you, because I don't think movies cause look at Halloween, right? John Carpenter did a great Halloween movie. Did we need that to be a franchise? I mean I don't really think so. <laughs> like, I mean, there's a, a couple two, other two, I mean Halloween two is good and the, yeah. the remake
2: the reboot remake, whatever. Yeah, but it was pretty good. And Halloween H2O is like, you know, it's good. And the others are at least entertaining. Like, they're I, bad movies, but they're entertaining.
0: I hate people that go, like, when they watch a movie, like a really good person movie or original idea, they go, oh, man, I can't wait for the sequel. Like, no, you don't need a sequel for shit. Stop it.
1: Sometimes things just don't need a sequel.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs>
1: Now, if
2: he's going to make a sequel to one of his movies, it needs to be Memoirs of an Invisible Man. <laughs> and then you need to get Chevy Chase back.
1: Boy, Chevy Chase doesn't give a fuck anymore.
2: <laughs> no, he doesn't.
1: Did he ever, <laughs> though? I, I think that's just that's just who he is. <laughs> he stopped giving a fuck after Caddyshack, I'm just saying. I don't think he gave a fuck on the set of Caddyshack, if I'm being honest. That might have been the start of it. That I, was the start of it.
0: I don't think he gave, the shit, uh, gave a shit about being on the set of Community. That's why he got fired. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure damn <laughs> um i i mean i think we all agree uh, Recommend, this recommend classic yeah so um that's all our movies so usually we have a ranking but i want that to be on its own now andy said why are we uh in our chat we said why why are we having a ranking because
2: it's just we all recommend all of these movies like you know
0: we objectively, I, our gimmick is ranking movies, so I think it would be a great debate to put them in some type of ranking. Um,
1: Do you think Yojimbo's Jimbo's better than Escape from New
0: York? No, I, I, I want to say, well,
1: <laughs> I'm just saying. Like,
0: <laughs> I think Yojimbo, Jimbo. I think Escape from New York is better than Yojimbo, Jimbo, but that's my personal opinion. Um, I think, and this is me just uh, already like. Well, like you've already said,
2: your favorite movie of all time is Interstellar.
0: And high yeah. and, and high and low is number two, by the way. So that that's my thing. So like I I, I have a ranking, even though I like Interstellar, uh, and I put Tenant in there. I don't really like Tenant. I just chose it because you guys didn't see it, yeah. and Christopher Nolan is my uh, one of my favorite a- uh, <laughs> actors director. <laughs> uh, which I think it would be great because our gimmick and stuff. so next week. We are going to have a ranking episode, but we also are going to have an E3 prediction show as well. So uh, we're going to have our top five. I am intoxicated, by the way. Top five.
2: Our tippy uh, top five.
0: (laughs) Our top five on what we want personally. Or no, 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 wait. I'm sorry. Top five on realistic picks and then top five of... You know, outlandish picks kind of thing, like crazy picks.
1: I thought it was what I thought it was what we wanted.
0: Yeah, that, what we want and that,
1: what that's we outlandish.
0: Yeah, outlandish. Yeah, I
1: guess it is outlandish
0: to watch. Yeah, something. all
2: the shit I want is like I that now.
0: I could be like, yeah, Xbox Leyo
2: Kojima fucking bought Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Why buy Nintendo? Buy. I can- have no idea. That was the most outrageous thing I could think of. <laughs> I thought I, I, my brain went to Konami immediately.
0: Yeah, so that that's gonna be our um thing for next week is we're gonna have the ranking and our E3 predictions, and then obviously when E3 happens, we'll talk about it as well. Things that we care about. We're not gonna cover every nook and cranny of E3. Um, uh, Please release
1: Tokimeki Memorial English HD remake.
2: yeah that could be one of your one of your things mother three for nintendo i'm just not gonna be there though
1: (laughs) god
0: damn it i bet you one of andy's fixes gonna be like please have mother three with english
2: every year we do these stupid predictions i'm like hey whatever mother three translated finally hello nintendo watch it switch bro watch i'm telling you the way they need to do it i I should save this for next week but fuck you Uh, the way they need to do it is they need to be like oh we have something else to announce you know because they do the directs and it cuts to Reggie Fizama, and he's like, "Hey, I had to come back just to do one more thing," and he gets to announce it because it's like his—he's infamous for always like, "Yeah, I wish. I wish we could. I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you." Well,
0: I'm hoping. Would be funny. That'd I'm, ho- be awesome. I'm hoping Doug Bowser's be like, "I'm going to be the man," but I'm also going to use Reggie as like the spokesman for this uh, announcement. So, all right, well, guys, remember to uh, you know tune in next week for our ranking for these our. Uh, sp- uh, director Spotlight um, Rankings, and then also E3 Talk. But we do have some news stuff to talk about. So uh, quickly, <laughs> Zach, uh, what was your news that you wanted oh, to I,
1: John Cena did a faux pas when he was doing press tour for Fast 9. I guess it's 9 now. And uh, uh, he said that Taiwan would be the first country to see Fast 9. And apparently, this pissed I off
2: the country. Uh. This
1: pissed off a lot of people in China. <laughs> Immediately, then, I get what he's
2: saying.
1: <laughs> John, so so John had to do an apology tour, oh. to fucking get China to not be as mad. Just because I don't know, not everybody sees it like they do, and that pisses them off. I guess
0: I tweeted John Cena saying that he believes in genocide now. Um, so he,
2: that might be, that might be out of a, of a, of a, of a logical
1: stretch. I think John was put in a position to where he had to do, to, had to do it. Like they, the fucking studios, like, dude, you got to fucking start apologizing now. They're not going to
0: murder John Cena sucks. because that he's not so apologizing. Much. No, I, 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 I disagree. Um, I, I don't think like China is going to be like, all right, we, we are going to arrest John Cena because he said Taiwan is a country. No, I'm not.
1: That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying they'll I think ban the that fucking
2: movie. They absolutely will. They
1: will. They'll do that.
2: Yeah. They, they, there's, I mean, uh, there are several actors who are banned from the country because they've spoken out about Tibet or Hong Kong or or, or Taiwan or whatever. Yeah. And a lot of their movies have have gotten really terrible box offices or have been outright banned like they wouldn't even show him there's a bunch of Harrison Ford movies that never went to China because he's so outspoken about Tibet good <laughs> yeah, good. he should be but uh, he should have an opinion on stuff like that
0: yeah but uh, John Cena just pretty much said in Mandarin like he's sorry he didn't even I will give him this he didn't specifically say what he's sorry about he just said China I'm really 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 sorry in Mandarin like a thousand times apparently
1: that's why the apology is not good enough according to reports yeah. <laughs> They're still fucking mad. John should have just owned up to it. It was like, what? I just thought I thought they were a country.
0: Well, they Oops. are a country, aren't they?
1: I know they are. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> so, yeah, you won't get any I'm not gonna be wishy washy about it. I think Taiwan's a country. I think Hong Kong should be able to do whatever the fuck they want. And I think Tibet should be free. There! Yeah. Come mm-hmm. get me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, those are all
2: reasonable opinions. I mirror them.
0: I think in I think he deserves the shit-talking that he's getting on uh, Twitter Linda, uh, b- yeah. because <laughs> because uh, LeBron James did the same thing. Remember when...
2: Ex- exactly. That, I was going to bring that up. They did it to not just him, but a bunch of other NBA stars, I thought.
0: Yes. Yeah, they said re-
2: some disparaging remarks, and they had to all go and get on their knees and apologize.
0: And we also shat on Blizzard as well. So like yeah. he, he deserves the same thing as all the other people they got shit on because they're bending the knee to communist china um
2: now they are bending the knee to china but i want to make it clear that they're they're bending the knee to the the how's the pronounced? Wan yan they're stupid their dollar the money they want money they want that chinese money
0: yeah but you're also still bending the knee to communist the government yeah like if, the government like if anything like i and i understand like the market is in china because a lot of people see the movies but mm-hmm. th- that could always change if we fucking market it better than America somehow. But um, obviously the money's there. And obviously there is some fucked up shit like genocide happening uh, where <laughs> where it does the moral thing. Just like, do I care about what China, the government is, you know, thinking about me? Or do I care about the money more? And obviously you know and i'm not saying john cena the person even though, like i just told him I was like john cena believes in genocide now <laughs> uh but um i i bet you like all hollywood producers and uh and all that stuff are, like pressuring john cena you need to say sorry so we can get money out of this
1: that's what i th- thing yeah. happened because yeah, before it's,
0: it's doubtless
2: like it, it's gotta be what happened
1: John John's always gone to bat for like humanitarian shit and whatnot anyway he's usually had good stuff to say so I think he's been pressured to do this I think he's on the level yeah I can see you
0: and then he buries Nexus oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> another time
0: yeah um Andy did you you had a news to talk about
2: I, I mean, there were two things. They announced that new, they're going to do another Batman animated series and it's going to have, uh, um, oh, my, I'm brain farting the name. J.J. Abrams. Uh, uh, what? I don't care about him. Uh, Tim.
1: <laughs> I was going to say Bruce, Tim, Bruce, Tim. That's it. <laughs> and then some other guy, some third dude. I yeah. can't remember his name.
2: J.J. Uh, Abrams is like going to produce or some shit. I don't know. Yeah. But, but Bruce, Tim is involved and that's, that's, That's the that's the magic right there. That's what you want in a Batman animated series.
1: Now, a couple years ago, they released like a short on YouTube that was produced by like Bruce Tim and I think Paul Denny and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it was like it was an animated short and it was like how Batman used to appear in the comics like in the forties. He had like kind of the weird rounded off ears a little bit. Yeah. And um, whatnot it was all in black and white or it was like sepia they presented it like it was sepia tone they and said it it
2: was, they said this is supposed to be noir inspired so i'll bet you i can see where you're going it's gonna be a takeoff of that kind of thing
1: i, th- I think that short went over really well and it, yeah they they came up with this idea it was like well, why don't we make a whole thing inspired off that short very cool if that's the case i'm all down for that because that short was cool
2: Yeah, every time they announce anything DC-related, I'm always like, yeah, okay, whatever. But they announced this, and I was like, oh, my God, all the pieces have fallen into place. This might be good. Yeah. I And speaking of pieces, sorry, uh, uh, go ahead.
0: No, I was just going to say a quick thing. I love J.J. Abrams because of Lost, because he produces that and all that stuff. But, like, why is he in a Batman? Like... Uh, maybe, maybe just to put his name in there, be like, oh, JJ Abrams is there. But that's
1: JJ a- Abrams has been sticking his nose in a bunch of comic book shit and everything else anyway. Like, he helped produce some comic where his son helped to write a Spider Man miniseries just recently. It, just, it felt really out of the blue. Hmm. And now, this, and I'm like, why is he getting involved in all this stuff? It just feels, like, random. I don't know.
2: I'm trying to make money, I guess. Just experimenting. I guess. But what I it... was going to say is, speaking of pieces falling into place, there hasn't been, like, a completely official announcement about this yet, but people have speculated for years that this should happen anyway. Uh, Dave Filoni, the guy who's responsible for Star Wars The Clone Wars... And rebels and Mandalorian, most notably, and and soon Book of Boba Fett and and Bad Batch and all this stuff. Uh, it looks like he is going to displace Kathleen Kennedy as the head of like the direction of Star Wars. Like they haven't come out and like said it completely officially, but there's a bunch of stuff online that now lists him as that from official sources and cast members from mandalorian and a bunch of other places have like publicly congratulated him like on twitter and stuff on his new position so it looks like the guy who actually knows how to make a good star wars product is going to make star wars products for us
0: yes oh, fucking god it- <laughs> and i want to say this like it's nothing against fem- feminists like if you're for that cool um if you want wait weight-
2: there's, there's there's a ton of great uh female characters in all of tefaloni's stuff yeah, but my... and and they do it well, and it's integrated well, and it's well told, and there's a lot of really good character development, and all the characters interact well. But, but it's not—it's
1: not, not just about I'm female.
0: Yeah, and that, that's
2: not—it's got to be—it's got to be the whole package. It's got to be a good story, and it's yeah. got to be yeah. It's...
0: And that's what Kathleen Kennedy was doing, which was really annoying to me. Because remember when they had like the female could have the force com- kind of bullshit, where they had like the sh- force is female. Yeah, the force is female.
1: I'm like, I, I, I sound very inclusive, guys. Yeah,
0: and like, <laughs> and I want to put this out there as well. I wouldn't mind having a Dave Filoni trilogy. By the way, like, if you could create a a live action trilogy, I would love that. If you
2: I, I, I don't know. No one knows what's going to happen next. But right now, they're focusing on. Uh, they're going to wrap up the Bad Batch. Book of Boba Fett is coming after Book of Boba Fett, season three of Mandalorian is coming, and that's really all we know for sure. And we know that Ewan McGregor is filming as Obi Wan to do something
0: that's happening, His no, show. so yeah, that's actually, I believe, it's already proven. Um, that there yeah, is
2: it's it's the Obi Wan show, but we don't know
0: six episodes, that's a we six... don't
2: know like what's going to happen in it yet necessarily so you know we know less about it than we do everything else i just said but that's happening as well I, so all all this stuff all this stuff is on the immediate horizon that's that's what's coming up and uh, all their all of disney's plans for disney or uh, for star wars movies constantly are very much in doubt because you know originally it was going to be like oh there's gonna be another trilogy and ryan johnson's getting a
0: trilogy and there's gonna be this other
2: trilogy and oh uh, that shit's all out the window at this point no one knows
0: i I still say the last Jedi was a bad movie, um, but I. Will if Ryan
2: Johnson got to write his own stuff, it would be good. I'm sure of that.
0: Yeah, I think if you give full reins to Ryan Johnson to write and direct, I think he could come up with a good trilogy. I don't want Kathleen Kennedy, and I don't want producers to like, uh, you know, look into it and edit it in every any way.
2: That's that's the problem, though. Is as long as Disney's involved, that's going to happen. Like, it, it happened with Solo. Like, they were trying to just make a movie, and the producer stepped in and said, no, we don't like this. You're fired. We're going to get the kid from uh, uh, Happy Days to direct this now.
0: But I, but, but I also <laughs> wanted to say this, too, that um, Ewan McGregor, apparently, in his contract, said that he doesn't want to do, like, multi-seasons, so he only agreed to a miniseries. So... Um, which i agree with like you don't you don't need to have multi-season just, yeah, it's fine just, just tell your story just have a beginning and an end yeah yeah so just tell one season as long as it's written good and no cliffhangers i don't give a shit so as long as it's good out and that might actually make me get disney plus by the way um is the obi-wan thing so
2: yeah, I, I keep thinking, okay, I'm done with Disney+, Plus, but now I really want to watch Bad Batch, so I'm going to hang on to it till Bad Batch is done.
0: Mm. Um, Zach, did you have anything else? Uh, no. Um, I don't think I have anything besides that, um, some rogue developers, and apparently Sony's going to have a state of the play before E3, and... I'm not gonna get into the bio mutant thing because it's a stupid fucking uh, thing, but uh, um, yeah, I think we will end it there because it t- it's a- it's it's almost a two hour show, so um, we're we're gonna end it here. Next week we're gonna talk about the final ranking and also E three predictions. Uh, make sure you tune in. Um, I think we're doing getting some color Thursday, right? For WrestleMania nine and the, and the WWC, WWC, WCW, uh, Saturday night episode, right? That's right. So we're going to be watching that. So it's going to be a beefy episode for getting some color and, um, June 6th, apparently me and, um, me, not June 6th. Was it June 6th?
1: I don't remember what date you said.
0: <laughs> what are you talking about? June third. I'm sorry. June third. We're gonna be doing the, um, Resident Evil, uh, Village on the M- Nemesis project. So oh. we're gonna do it. Yeah. So, oh. until next time, everybody. We will see you next week for Big Big Trouble Podcast. Make sure you go on Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, and type in Big Trouble Podcast. See you guys later.
1: Too tired. Bye. Maybe later.
0: Maybe later. (laughs)